Welcome to the sermon podcast of Faith Lutheran Church in Oregon, Wisconsin, proclaiming the historic faith of Christ crucified and the promises of God that our faith clings to. For more information, visit us online at faithlutheranoregon.com. Heavenly Father, sanctify us by the truth. Your word is truth. Amen. In your home devotions this week, uh, you've been meditating on the O Antiphons, the ancient verses that were sung each night at Vespers antiphonally, uh, before and after the Magnificat during the seven days leading up to Christmas. Uh, Each of the seven verses meditates on a different name for the Messiah in the Old Testament, Uh, each a different title that gives us a glimpse as to his work as the Messiah. On December 20th, today, that name, that title is Clavis David, or the key of David. Clavis is key in Latin. O key of David and scepter of the house of Israel, you open and no one can close. You close and no one can open. Come and rescue the prisoners who are in the darkness and the shadow of death. I have to tell you a little story. Uh, Yesterday, I went to do Bible study at Oak Hill uh, Prison here in town. Uh, We're going through the catechism, and we just so happen to be uh, at the part of the catechism uh, uh, of the office of the keys. And uh, so uh, I thought it'd be good to actually look at at this section, this this idea that Jesus is the key of David, the one to come and rescue the prisoners who are in darkness and the shadow of death. Uh, And and we looked at a little bit more in depth than we're going to do tonight, all the verses and and all the references to opening and shutting of of prison gates, loosing and, and unbinding of chains. But as I was getting ready to go, uh, my oldest son uh, says to me, uh, are you going to go to the prison and, and shake the walls and loose the chains and make them free? Uh, and I thought, well, what a profound thing. What a profound thing to say. Uh, not exactly, but, but yeah. Um, and, and he was paying attention to the gospel lesson on Sunday uh, where John the Baptist was in prison, maybe doubting and despairing, remember, Uh, And John sends two of his disciples to ask Jesus whether or not Jesus is the coming one. And Jesus sends them back to John as messengers to him to tell John what they hear and see. Uh, The blind receive their sight, the lame walk, good news is preached to the poor. And all that Jesus is quoting from Isaiah chapter 61. And the very next thing Isaiah chapter 61 says is this, He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives, and the opening of the prison to those who are bound. Now, Jesus might not literally open John's prison cell, and I might not do the same at Oak Hill. I'd get in big trouble if I did. Uh, But there is a greater captivity, a worse prison, and even more evil chains. Jesus is the key of David. David was the greatest king of, uh, of, of the kings of Israel. No one had more power and authority than David. And no one led Israel to a greater peace than David did. Now, if you are in prison, if you're locked up and chained, no matter for what the reason, uh, whether uh, innocently or, or, or not, uh, whether you are captive, uh, there's no man who could get you out. Uh, there's, sorry, there's one man who could get you out, the king. The king had the keys to open 
what no one could open, and shut what no one could shut. And now what the king could do is give his authority to someone else. The key, David could tell someone, a servant, to go in his stead and unlock the chains. This is what Jesus does when he sends John's disciples back to him. Jesus himself, notice, does not go to John in prison. He didn't need to. He sent messengers, John's disciples, with his authority, with his key, to preach the gospel and forgive sins. And by that preaching, John's chains were loosed. By that same preaching and that same authority, chains last night at Oak Hill were loosed. And by that same preaching and by that same authority tonight, your chains are loosed. The Office of the Keys is that special authority which Christ has given to his church on earth to forgive or loose sins of penitent sinners, or to retain or bind them if they do not repent. You know, we have trouble believing that. We have trouble receiving absolution or forgiveness from the pastor or confessor as from God himself. And we're Neoplatonists who think we don't need a middleman. We can go straight to God. But the problem is we can't hear it from God apart from a messenger like John's disciples. Either we only hear it from ourselves and we conclude that we're forgiven because we, our sins aren't as bad as somebody else's sins and so we're justified or we actually do despair of our sins. We are led into misbelief, doubting how God could ever forgive a sinner like me. My sins are too great for God to forgive. And so we stay far away from God because we begin to view him only as an angry judge. And we think, he's angry with me, so I become angry with him. We might even say things like, well, I know God forgives me, but I just can't forgive myself, which is simply stealing something that belongs to God. Forgiveness belongs to God, and we steal that for ourselves. And we don't believe or we don't trust God's forgiveness because we think we need to feel forgiveness in order for it to be real. We think we need to feel things in order for them to be real. And we have a troubled conscience then in more ways than one. And we'd rather sit in our cell, chained captive, than hear it from a messenger. And yet we ought, as our catechism says, receive absolution or forgiveness from the pastor or confessor as from God himself. And in no way doubt but firmly believe that our sins are thereby forgiven before God in heaven. That's why Jesus being the clavis David, the key of David, means something. Jesus takes this title for himself in Revelation chapter 3. Uh, but it's drawn from Isaiah chapter 22 in God's commissioning of Eliakim, son of Hilkiah. Now what do you know about Eliakim? Probably nothing. Uh, and you shouldn't. You would, have no, you would have no reason to. He's a nobody. Eliakim was just a servant who lived during the days of the prophet Isaiah. But something amazing happens with this nobody, with the servant Eliakim. Due, the, due to the unfaithfulness of the king in his day, Eliakim is promoted to great authority. And not just any authority, but he receives the title and authority of the king himself. Eliakim is clothed in the robe of the king even though he is not the king. 
God gave him the key of the house of David and said, He shall open and no one shall shut. He shall shut and no one shall open. This servant, this nobody, not only had the keys to the city and, and the ability to open the gates, but he was completely in charge. He alone had the ability to set free the captives. When the angel Gabriel announces to Mary that she will be the mother of God, he announces that he will be great. He will be called the Son of the Highest, and the Lord God will give him the throne of his father, David. But when Jesus is conceived and born, he's born like Eliakim. He's clothed in humility. He's a nobody. Born of a virgin, born under law, laid in a manger. He will be hated and disbelieved by his own family. His own government will be against him. In fact, one day the government will be laid upon his shoulders as he's strung out on the cross. But through the very act of his humiliation, suffering, and death, when the government is laid on his shoulders, that's how he will exercise his authority. How he will free the prisoners and loose their chains. As Gabriel says to Mary, his name will be Jesus because he will save his people from their sins. That's what Jesus means. God saves. God is salvation. And he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. And of his kingdom there will be no end. Forever. Forever loosing chains, forever forgiving sins. Well, how does he do this? How is this possible but by continuing to send messengers to go in his stead by his command and with his authority to forgive sins? Now, when you have the authority of the king, what else do you need? You don't need words of eloquence, fancy presentations, emotional music. You have the words of the king. The words of the king. Do you remember when Paul and Silas were in prison for preaching the gospel uh, in Acts? It says this, But at midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God, and the prisoners were listening to them. Now, I can't help but think that that inclusion of midnight is an allusion to Christmas. You know, we'll, we'll hear it this weekend, when all was still and it was midnight. Your almighty word descended from your royal throne. David coming down. But by their words, by their hymns, Paul and Silas brought God's word to the prison. And when God enters through his word, things happen. We read, suddenly there was a great earthquake, so the foundation of the prison were shaken, and immediately all the doors were open and everyone's chains were loosed. And the keeper of the prison, awaking from sleep and seeing the prison doors open, supposing the prisoners had fled, drew his sword and was about to kill himself. But then Paul called with a loud voice, saying, Do yourself no harm, for we are all here. Then he called for a light, ran in, and fell down trembling before Paul and Silas. And then he brought them out and said, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? So they said, Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, and you will be saved, you and all your household. Then they spoke the word of the Lord to him and to all who were in his house. And he took them that same hour of the night and washed their stripes. And immediately, he and all his family were baptized. That guard 
thought his life was over. It's over. But really, it was just beginning. He was a slave to the present world, a captive to his own passions, lusts, and sins. But Jesus is the key of David to loose and unbind. And that night, by the preaching of Paul and Silas, by the singing of their hymns, he receives the loosening of his chains. And that night, he and his whole household, his wife, his children were baptized, and they were given a new birth, new life. This is what Christmas means for you. Not just the birth of Jesus, but your birth, your new birth. By his authority, Jesus gives his church the keys to heaven itself. And through Jesus' humiliation, the lowest of all people, nameless prisoners alike, Kim, Paul, Silas, you and me, are promoted to be heirs in the kingdom of God. O key of David, scepter of the house of Israel, you open and no one can close. You close and no one can open. Come and rescue the prisoners who are in darkness and the shadow of death. In Jesus' name, amen.